0: And we're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike and Oscar. We are getting ready for the 2023 Academy Awards because time is a flat circle and nothing ever changes here. Our much, uh, I guess, anticipated and already talked about year in preview series. This started a while ago on MMO where we used to do 100% accurate Oscar prediction picks that were way too early. We're going to do those, but uh, we've decided to ramp up to those. I'm your co-host Mike One, co-host also Mike. This is the beginning of our ramp up today.
1: Yeah, we, uh, we had a ramp-up that was supposed to be one episode, and then it definitely <laughs> turned into two, and it might turn into three or four now, mm-hmm. because yeah. it's just so much to cover, and kudos to all the people out there already covering it. Uh, Eric Weber at Awards Days, Clayton Davis at Variety, Daniel Howard at Next Best Picture. These were the the genocide of the research, and then mm-hmm. I kind of kept researching. Yeah. And David Long... The Duke of Bettingham himself (laughs) sent me early betting odds, and then, of course, I went researching even more, and that's, like, up to Monday, and then you come into the dock Tuesday Mm -hmm. and Wednesday, and you go off...
0: (laughs) <laughs> well, well, wait a minute. You had a good idea for these, and yeah. you, you, we're going studio by studio through these. And we were going to we're going to talk about what we think has an Oscar grabby thing, like a negative connotation. We're going to talk about Oscar stabs. What we think a studio is really positioning a movie well, and we agree with what they're doing. And it seems like they could stab a couple awards. And then we're going to talk about Oscar nabs. Is like this this film, this actress, this whatever performance could surprise and nab a few nominations or awards. Uh, nab is the the word there that wasn't your idea because you wanted to dab. Yeah, because I missed my
1: window, I think, <laughs> of dabbing. I think like, I was too up to my eyes in, you know, Quentin Tarantino versus Bong Joon-ho mm-hmm. Oscar year back when it was popular two years ago. Or maybe I'm still late, in, even in 2019. When was the dabbing... I, I just totally missed it, and I just figured the dab would be funny, just because it would have been like, "All right, let let's let's just dance." That's it. <laughs> I mean, it, it could mean anything uh, in terms of a uh, you know one of our silly little rhyming games here. And no, you co- immediately vetoed mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it made me unhappy.
0: But, it made I, I actually I was very sad when I read it.
1: <laughs> but when when you you tore me apart right. in the, the the in the commentary, I think I threatened Michael, your family? Yeah. Yeah, you, you you make it big, bold, and yellow. And <laughs> want to make and, sure you didn't miss it. And uh, so I agreed with you like immediately. Like I mean, look at I I I can admit when I'm wrong once in a while. And then I was like, all right, this is done. So on Wednesday night, I mean, because on Tuesday you're like, this is gonna take me forever. And yeah. I'm like, I don't even know what he's doing in there. I don't want to know. I don't want to <laughs> know yet. We're gonna take another couple days. We'll deal with it. And and then Wednesday, you're like, I'm only halfway through, and I'm just doing the stab and grab. And I was so mad at you last mm-hmm. night that you, you repositioned the idea, uh, but then you changed one of my terms. Yeah. And, and here we are uh, after I sleep on it. Now I like the idea again. Diving and in. I'm conv- I'm I think I'm convincing I think, myself that it's still my idea. I, well, but I you think you that's the it. trick.
0: I think the trick is to just keep telling you it was your idea and all I did was change a yeah, word. It's absolutely just ego jousting. <laughs> it's just eat my
1: ego just saying no. And then you're, you know, yeah, your your new ideas. This is why. Yeah. No, but this them. collaboration mm-hmm. is just like we are two just
0: giant headed fools. Right. And, and what comes out of that is this 30-plus page document that we're working off of for this huge. one uh, episode that was going to be all about the upcoming pictures of this year, which is now going to be at least two episodes. We're going to go studio by studio. Yeah. Uh, this one, this this episode should be primarily the theatrical. Is that right? For, or, sort of. Okay. Yeah, because look, at, I mean,
1: we're going to talk about some streaming uh, wings HBO max, streaming yeah. films like right off the top here because we're going to do wb and hbo max to start so we didn't exactly go streaming and theatrical because it's all kind of you know intertwined now kind of like an episode of euphoria just everybody's just intertwined mm-hmm. on the floor that's what i picture euphoria is it's another thing like <laughs> dabbing i didn't get and now euphoria everybody's euphoria? watching that you not watch you what the hell no are you watching it I'm i watched watch
0: season it. one it was very good i'm going to watch season two
1: is it just inter- intertwined limbs on the grounds of houses? <laughs> yeah, no, that's you got the gist of it. <laughs> See, I
0: got
1: it. Not, I could figure out what these kids are doing. Still, <laughs> I could guess. Y'all want to go to Tim's house
0: and just lay on the ground and intertwine our limbs? <laughs> that's what they do. You're right? No, I'm that's guessing kids. again. I'm guessing. Yeah, you I don't pop with your children. Um, but that's, yeah, that, so we're going to go studio by studio. We're going to talk about, uh, hopefully, most of, if not the entire slate for most of these studios. And then we will be talking about, uh, which movies seem Oscar grabby, which again are those that are a little too obviously Oscar plays, uh, which ones are Oscar stabby, which we think are positioned well to do, make some noise from Academy time. And Mike-
1: I, I gotta say this yeah. It, because of the Scream MMO Screams miniseries yeah. reminding you that Stabby is a good thing mm-hmm. like that's the thing Grabby is actually having nev- negative connotations yeah. Stabby only has good connotations right. here for you because you like Stab 6 that's, that's- correct
0: yeah big fan of horror movies, and I usually root for the villain. I don't understand how anyone can think Stab is a (laughs) negative thing at any when you're talking about movies, but okay. And then NAB is the word which was in dispute, which really is just kind of us saying these are underdog picks. Keep your eye on them. If if everything goes right, they could do well. All right.
1: So let's start here with WB. And they got something big coming out in June, Michael.
0: Elvis is the big uh, June release. It stands at 51 odds currently for Best Picture. Thank you, David Long, once again, for giving us these Best Picture betting odds way too early. It will come out June 24th, directed by Boz Lerman, who's from Moulin Rouge. And that. sunscreen music video back in the late 90s uh Austin Butler plays Elvis Tom Hanks plays Tennessee Gucci Cody Smith McPhee Kelvin Harrison Jr it was announced on yesterday that this will have its debut at Cannes uh which runs May 17th to the
1: 28th so yeah is this a Oscars launch or is this a fast saga kind of beachfront Cannes debut we don't know that quite yet here's what I will say when we saw the trailer when we saw Tom Hanks playing Paolo Gucci Mm -hmm. We thought, you know, Rocket Man, Bo-Rap vibes, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. Uh, now I don't know. Well, if it is Bo-Rap, I guess that's good for its Oscars potential and not so good for its our reception of the movie or how it will be. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Uh, however, I, I'm kind of excited about it, and I'll elaborate that uh,
1: further. Uh, don't worry, worry, Darling is the other big WB player this year, at least on paper right now. 18-1 to 1 odds in Las Vegas. This is coming out on September 23rd, though. And remember, September is not necessarily, I didn't mean to rhyme there, but it's not necessarily the Oscars month of all Oscars months. The goldfish. Uh, right uh, a 1950s housewife living with her husband in a utopian experimental community begins to worry that his glamorous company may be hiding disturbing secrets don't worry darling so aliens right a- aliens <laughs> i bet it's i bet it's aliens. it's aliens aliens Director Olivia Wilde of Booksmart, writer Katie Silberman of Booksmart, and set it up, another uh, Netflix rom-com that we loved back in the day. Florence Pugh and Harry Styles, they just got more stills released. There, There's going to be a sex scene, we know that much. Uh, and the internet went crazy over the weekend. Michael, we still have Olivia Wilde, Gemma Chan of Crazy Rich Asians and Eternals, Kiki Lane of Beale Street Coming to America, Nick Kroll, Chris Pine. My God, the cast here of young, sexy people. Nick Kroll, shout out. Mm-hmm. Uh, score John Powell, Oscar nominated for How I Train How to Train Your Dragon. Cinematography, cinematography. Excuse me, by Matthew Libatique of Black Swan, A Star Is Born, Iron Man. He's only you know dp'd these cool ass movies right. all the way throughout his cv so this was a bidding war yeah. that we covered two years ago michael this was my pick for best picture and last year's 100 percent too accurate so this is some cachet don't worry darling right now for me in particular yeah you're definitely picking this again i could feel it in my soul uh i right? i'm i'm leaning yeah. i don't know yet but i'm leaning i gotta you know plug into the you know, the
0: Oracle stone right? and see what it tells me, but I don't know. <laughs> Can't forget about that Oracle stone. The uh, The other WP pictures on its slate, uh, the ones we've already gotten or will be getting soon, the Batman, that's obviously could be a player in sound, score costumes, VFX, cinematography, editing, fantastic beefs and where to find them hanging, the secrets of Dumbledore. Uh, <laughs> DC League of Super Pets had a great trailer. It could be up for animated film. Very there, funny. There's M.I.O.K., okay. that's a Tignataro, Stephanie Alin. We've previewed that here previously. Navalny is something you've seen already, Mike? Yeah, at Sundance, the best documentary over there. My favorite anyway. Awesome. Uh, Also slated for HBO Max, we have The Father of the Bride, House Party, Batgirl. Otherwise, uh, we have Emily, which is a biopic of writer Emily Bronte, starring Mm -hmm. Emma Mackey from Sex Education, Fiona Whitehead from Dunkirk, directed by actress Frances O'Connor of Mansfield Park, Globe-nominated for Madame Bovary miniseries. Okay, so
1: Am I Okay played well at Sundance, Navalny played well at Sundance, they don't necessarily have like the Netflix awardsy slate headed to HBO Max. These seem like big IPs: mm-hmm. Father of the Bride, H- House Party, Batgirl, etc. Obviously, they have you know Fifi Fufu movies that me and my mom will like. <laughs> Emily Bronte biopic and Sex Education, by the way, that's my new favorite binge of late on, on Netflix. What a show that is! My God, the characters are well written. That's uh, who's leading that? The guy yeah i i never get this right i, I he's the guy jillian anderson is the guy's mom but he's uh oh jesus this is this is why yeah. i wrote everything down shouldn't in this episode have, yeah, shouldn't, really shouldn't and why w- yeah why would you ask a uh, asia butterfield, butterfield. All, right. all right asa butterfield a- asa uh, asia? asa it's got to be asia no otherwise name is, is asa basinger this this was the i also thought you were talking about masters
0: of sex not sex education so i'm way off my my you're way
1: off let's let's just finish up this wb slate because (laughs) they got some popular films headed headed to theaters uh and only theaters this year because they're not doing the day and date thing on hbo max salem's lot this is a stephen king vampire horror movie coming out on september 9th black adam this is the rock headed to theaters uh, in October, uh, late October on the twenty-first, Creed three, directed and starring Michael B. Jordan, hitting theaters in late November on the twenty-third, and Shazam: Fury of the Gods, that sequel to what was uh, a pretty fun. Uh, opening film Shazam that's headed to theaters from WB on the 16th of December
0: they have other big names that we thought might be coming out this year as of this moment are scheduled for future years such as the color purple 2023 Timothy Chalamet playing the Wonka character that's set for 2023 and Barbie which will be Greta Gerwig Margot Robbie uh, that's set for not 2022 uh, currently anyway as of this recording as well so let's talk about WB slate in terms of Oscars picks and what we think might be the most Oscar grabby of these I mean, Elvis seems like kind of a pretty obvious ploy for an awards take, right? I mean, we got Lister with ridiculous makeup. We got the up-and-comer in a biopic title role. We got Boz mm-hmm. Lerman in general being involved. This seems, you, you, on a scale of zero to Leo playing J. Edgar and Jay Edgar in terms of Oscars grabs, this is somewhere probably closer to the latter side for me. Yeah,
1: I can agree with that. I think uh, Tom Hanks doing the fat suit thing, yeah. which has been nominated of lately. I don't know how that trend happened and started. And we, You know what? It's probably our fault. Darkest hour. We are all like, mm, yeah. his jowls don't move, but that's okay. The <laughs>
0: eyes, the expression of the eyes. Here's he saw a girl Oscar. on a train once, so now he doesn't want war. Uh, <laughs> as far as Oscar Stabby at the WB Slate. I think, I'm not speaking out of turn, we we know how high you've been on this movie, but Olivia Wilde's directorial chances for Don't Worry Darling have to be taken into serious consideration. She almost broke through that category already with her work in Booksmart. The studio's right. already proved how much they believe in her with the aforementioned bidding war to get this movie under their banner. I would think is gonna promote the hell out of this for her. So it's like 1950s, is this, you know,
1: couple... Getting hunted by a cult? Are they in a cult and they didn't know it? Aliens. Does she not know that he's in it? You think it's aliens. Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more cult oriented and therefore this could have badass sexy weirdness involved. And badass sexy weirdness mm. doesn't always play to the academy. So. Sometimes it does with uh, like Promising Young Woman, for instance. Yep. Badass sexy weirdness personified in that ye- weird year that we had last year. Do we have Bad Axe sexy weirdness this year? I don't think so. I'm trying to think. Do we have any of that? No, we had wholesome. We had Wanda we Sykes
0: had... as King Richard might have been classified as.
1: <laughs> I shaved so much. <laughs> she She's so funny. All right, uh, I I'm extremely excited to see both of these movies, though. As as grabby as Elvis is, that music sounds awesome. We love the trailer. You know, I'll love half the trailer. I'll forgive Jar Jar Hanks for a few minutes, uh, but I, I have to see them both. I, I, but I agree with you on the Elvis grab and the, uh, the don't worry, darling stab, I guess.
0: As far as what might surprise and nab a nomination or maybe a win. I don't know that this is truly in the spirit of what I'm going for here, but I don't think it'll be much of a surprise if it does contend, but, The Rock's not going to be in anything that isn't visually stunning to look at, especially if it's hooking up with a major property like DC. So I would think Black Adam's going to be a VFX possibility. Cool. Yeah, I can second that. That'll be fun. And as far as anything else maybe above the line category. Zach Balin could be going from strength to strength here. He got the surprise screenplay Nom already with King Richard. He's behind the helm of uh Creed three here. And if you wanted to tell me that Michael B. Jordan could be in the running for a lead actor or Jonathan Majors could surprise and supporting actor based on their roles with Balin's script in Creed three, I wouldn't fight you on either of those either.
1: I'm rooting for it. Sylvester Salone turned director around the same time in his career with uh, 78's Paradise Alley and then Rocky Two, which was in 79, Michael. Uh, I know this because I know this. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, this could go either way. Like, he's been working with great directors. Uh, Cretton, of course, when he started. Michael B. Jordan, D- Dustin uh, Daniel Cretton. Dest- Destin, Dustin Cretton. Oh, my God. Dustin Daniel Cretton, I believe. Oh, yeah. Destin. Jesus. <laughs> Destin Daniel Cretton, I think you got Destin. Yeah, James Duty Dench Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Zach Baylin just wrote King Richard. So Michael B. Jordan's got uh, you know Oscars pedigree, you know in you know above the line for him there. And Creed One was an Oscars film, so if he nails it, why not? Why not? That'd be awesome. He just worked with Denzel Washington. I'm sure he learned from Denzel as well. I'm rooting for it but I'm not sure. It could go either way. It's a debut. Navalny I would say is an Oscar's nab for me. You can never tell with documentaries. You can never tell with how the, you know, the the war is going to affect its chances because it's about a Russian politician. Uh, I don't I'm not I'm not in the know enough and forgive me for my ignorance if I'm missing certain policy angles that this uh, politician has on Ukraine. I don't, I have no idea,
0: no, but we're pretty holistic tar- here and cover every angle and every factor and every angle of life. So I would say, we you, try. you got it. I'm hoping. All right. Otherwise, fantastic, fantastic
1: beefs mm-hmm. got an Oscar win for costumes, the, the original, and was also nominated for production design. And it got two BAFTA noms, the sequel, the Grindelwald, and who knows? I mean, we've had a Harry Potter lineage of Oscar nominations, you know, every other film or so. So, yeah, I mean, WB, a, a formidable slate here, but also kind of a very populistic one, I would say. Like, these movies should do well at the box office, knock on wood. Have
0: you seen the Fantastic Beefs movie?
1: Yeah, I've seen them all. Uh, I, and I'm not, like, thrilled to see the next one, but I could already. Tell I'm gonna go see it. All
0: too. Right. I, like I, ne- I can't believe that
1: series is still going. It's so cartoony, but it's kind of fun. If you like the Harry Potters, you like that series. You just can't help it. It's new Harry Potter. I'm gonna They
0: get me these IP. Yeah, they get you. I'm gonna have to dive in at some point. I could feel it. Alright. Uh, we'll we'll shift gears from WB and HBO Max and we'll go to universal slash focus features slash peacock slash dreamworks because What are you in the movie space anymore if you're not a conglomerate that's bought up all your competition? Yeah,
1: definition of a conglomerate here, NBC (laughs) Universal. But The Fablemans is where we will start. This is from Universal Pictures, 14 to 1, best picture betting odds. This is headed to theaters on November 23rd. The plot premise reads, the film will loosely be based on Steven Spielberg's childhood growing up in post-war Arizona from age 7 to 18. Michael, listen to this cast and crew. Tony Kushner is the writer. Spielberg, of course, is directing. It is starring Michelle Williams and Seth Rogen, I believe, as his parents. Paul Dano is going to show up. Julia Butters. Uh, Gabriel LaBelle is, is young Steven Spielberg, I'm guessing, even though it's Sammy. His name is Sammy. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Lynch and Judd Hirsch are going to be in this as well with music by John Williams, cinematography by Janusz Kaminski,
0: uh, Oscar winners across yeah. the board here. Yeah. And I mean, we, this will not surprise you to hear that everybody and their mother is predicting this to to win not one, but multiple above the line categories at the 2023 show. So for any of these way too early Oscars predictions, uh, be warned, you're going to see this movie pop up.
1: Apollo 10 and a half The Hand of God, Belfast, Roma. My only question is if we're getting tired of the, you yep. know, auteur <laughs> telling his life story, his origin story. Or at least just
0: put your name on it. Like, name the kid Steve or Stevie,
1: right? <laughs> have have Chris Rock do a voiceover narration, yeah. you
0: know, like for <laughs> like, the yeah, Wonder exactly. Years thing. <laughs> exactly. Na- like, don't name the kid in the troubles Buddy. Name him Kenny. You know, Mr. Exactly. Bran all there. Uh, they she said, also coming out from Universal, this is slated for November 18th. It's it's currently got great odds. Nine to one. The plot premise reads as the film depicts the work done by journalist Jody Cantor and Megan Tuhi, directed by Maria Schrader. She's from Unorthodox. Is written by Re- Rebecca from She's the Oscar winner of I- Ida? Ida? One of those. Yeah, all right. The stars Zoe Kazan of The Big Sick, Carrie Mulligan, Patricia Clarkson, Andre Brower of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Samantha Morton, she's an Oscar nom for In America, Tom Pelfrey, cinematography will be done by Natasha Brayer from The Neon Demon, and Honey Boy. So,
1: this is uh, Maria Schrader, she's the first of what we're going to talk about is another trend that's always been happening, but it used to be in reverse several prestige TV directors making the jump to feature films this year that could contend for Oscars. We're going to Mm -hmm. see the Chernobyl director later on, but this is a hugely important movie for this industry. We've seen the assistant a couple years ago, give us like a glimpse into the Weinstein thing, but this is going to be a deep dive. This is going to be the spotlight version and she said so this has got to be a contender and under
0: consideration here mike considering what bombshell was yeah we already see how this plays when it's done well the academy it's like catnip to it as it should be
1: yeah nope we
0: cannot underestimate
1: jordan peele's nope this comes out july 22nd i don't care where it comes out on the release calendar he's he's a contender Mm -hmm. 20 to 1 in vegas right now from the writer director jordan peele uh starring daniel kaluuya kiki palmer steven yun barbie ferreira uh and it has music by michael Abels, cinematography by hoyt van hoytema oscar nominee from dunkirk there look this one is about something that you know we- aliens <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's about aliens it's another <laughs> aliens one i was uh look i i was in love with the trailer so i'm rooting for this one i'm horse a little- people
0: and aliens mike
1: i'm unnerved about the "Quote unquote scuttlebutt on Nope right now. Like, why aren't more people predicting it as a major contender? Who knows what? When did they know it? Who's which? You know, which sources are telling people things about Nope that that they're saying like it's just popular, it's not oscary I don't know what's going on here. I don't understand it.
0: People might have been turned off by what Us was and their expectations versus what Us ended up doing at the Oscars. I mean, even though we we were high on it, and we thought." Uh, Lupita Nyong'o deserved to win the Oscar for her performance and that she doesn't even get nominated. So there could be that kind of, oh, well, now we need to wait and see if Jordan Peele can actually do it nonsense, which is ridiculous because he's unbelievable.
1: Yeah. All right. So let's let's start the hype train going for Nope again. Yep. He, he's, he's the, what did they say in Scream? Yeah. Go back to that quote. Cocaine bear. Cocaine bear. Why did I include this? Because I just wanted to read the, the premise again, Michael. This is directed by Elizabeth Banks. It's going to star Kerry Russell, O'Shea Jackson Jr., etc. The film is based on the real story of a 175-pound American black bear that died after ingesting a duffel bag full of cocaine in December of 1985. This story sounds ridiculous.
0: Just name movies after things that are like cocaine bear. I'm fucking in. I don't care what the synopsis is. Who's in? Like, you give me cocaine and you give me bear. I'm in the theater. We're
1: seeing it immediately. So
0: who knows? Maybe Cocaine Bear is going
1: all the way this year. Horse Alien.
0: I'm in, Jordan Peele. (laughs) james gray michael focus features now <laughs> this is uh armageddon time from focus it's still undated long shot at 50 to 1 this is james gray's next one his first entry since at astro which was a visual marvel to look at a couple years ago a coming of age story about growing up in queens in the 1980s this stars anne hathaway anthony hopkins and jeremy strong of succession yeah big names from armageddon time
1: and uh, like I said about the Fablemans, are we going to get origin stories from all the male directors in Hollywood? We might. Yeah. And well, what I don't we know need if is more di-
0: male directors telling us things about themselves in the industries.
1: Yeah, I think, I, yeah. think uh, I think Licorice Pizza
0: was even considered to be one. Of- anyway, uh, yeah. we have Tar Michael. Uh, tar is from Focus as well It's directed by Todd Field from In the Bedroom and Little Children. This has an October seventh release date. The synopsis is set in the international world of classical music. The film centers on Lydia Tar or Tar uh, daughter. It's, it's, it, I, it's yeah. got an accent, and I don't right. know if it's it's
1: supposed to be said another Dear? way. You, tar? you YouTube told me to say daughter, but that daughter? doesn't make sense. All right. Well, I, I don't yeah, believe
0: you two are bad with pronunciations on this We've kind of become a hallmark of MMO. So our apologies, as always, mm-hmm. widely considered one of the greatest living composer, conductors and first ever female chief conductor of a major German orchestra. The stars Kate Blanchett, Nina Haas. She was in My Little Sister. You were a big fan of her there. Mm-hmm. Marty Strong is in this. Julian Glover, Naomi Merlant from Portrait of a Lady on Fire. That one kind of smells like an Oscar thing. This seems Oscary, as did in the bedroom and little
1: children. And this is a wild production story because Todd field, he seems like he's been stuck in development hell for 16 years. Uh, I I think, I think in terms of dark, sexy, suburban domestic dramas that get Oscar nominated and that I'll only watch once and only once, once Michael Mm -hmm. Todd Field is the champion of the world. And I think it, I think it went to his head. He probably should have done another five of those. And yet he's just been in this development hell with a Leonardo DiCaprio film that was supposed to happen and never did with a hugely budgeted miniseries or two that was supposed to go for Showtime and never did. And this guy has not done anything for 16 years because he's just been developing. So, yeah, I don't know
0: much about him.
1: He was on a roll there. He was on a roll with Oscar nominated movies and then kind of disappeared. So Tar, we shouldn't sleep on it, but it's
0: not in his wheelhouse necessarily or is it it's about a german composer i mean just in general you shouldn't sleep on tar it's probably bad for your skin i think that's just good life advice but also maybe he was inspired by jane campion's comeback i mean that gets him back in the game here he sees that the the old director from the 90s winning an oscar and coming back and doing it again and maybe it's his time now he he reformulated the comeback narrative on Mm -hmm. purpose that's why he's been dormant yes there you go Mike, also set for theaters from the Universal Companies. I can't believe I got away with that Don't Sleep on Tar joke, by the way. That was Uh, uh, props to me. I was swallowing coffee and (laughs) choked on it. But, yeah, I guess.
1: Uh, The Northman is coming from Focus. We're doing a mini series Easter Eggers, (laughs) on it because it's directed by Robert Eggers. This is April 22nd. April 22nd is between the two Easters, and the Orthodox Church is there. It just fits. Sometimes things align,
0: stars align. I want to get. I don't know if we're gonna have time to get a logo done for that. But like, (laughs) I can't. Of all the miniseries we've done and like the logos, I've had fun coming up with and creating. And we have we hire an artist of them, and she's absolutely fantastic, uh, Lauren Leslie. Yes. I I don't know if I can. Like the idea I have in my head for this logo, I think is offensive, but I don't know who it's necessarily offensive to. Do you? But it's like, Black Phillip. Well, it's. It's, a yeah, naked it's, Willem Dafoe? No, no, no. It's like you and me in like these lush capes and like with chiseled bodies, but with like a giant pastel Easter egg background. <laughs> it's just absurd.
1: I thought you were going to make me a black goat and you a Viking god. And this was.
0: Yeah, maybe I will. Now that you've suggested no, how that, it makes how a lot do we, more sense. How you,
1: no. How do you not make us both into, you know, the two guys from the Lighthouse? I mean that's easy. Yeah,
0: that's that's crossed my mind, but even like I think the giant pastel-colored Easter egg background is really hanging me up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a little bit of a mishmash of themes and everything, which is probably going to be that whole series. By Mm -hmm. the way, all right, look at we have the Northman coming out from Focus Features soon. We can't wait to uh, review it and do an episode on it. Firestarter is going to be a Blumhouse Stephen King short story adapted into a film in May. Yeah. Downton Abbey, A New Era. This is going to be an Oscar juggernaut. Mid-May. Stab all the way there on Downton Abbey. Move on. (laughs) Jurassic Park Dominion. This is June, The Black Phone. I think we're both intrigued by that from the director of Sinister. Uh, Ethan Hawke is starring. That's the end of June. Minions, The Rise of Gru. Michael, you just liked the trailer. Might have been the greatest
0: trailer of all time. I disagree. I was Uh, laughing so hard at that trailer.
1: You have blown a funny fuse thank you <laughs> mrs harris goes to paris isabel huper fifi mom movie delight mm-hmm. perhaps uh, july 15th puss in boots the last wish dreamworks animation in september
0: just uh, beat that dead horse until every last cent out of that shrek vehicle is that huh
1: just some rant. it says untitled horror movie october 14th from blumhouse um and then just Mario.
0: end it <laughs> well
1: <laughs> halloween ends mid-october can jamie lee curtis get a nom or get into the oscar com-
0: conversation please yeah can she like can we give look great job by the academy at the governor's awards this year giving samuel L. jackson his honorary one let's get jamie lee curtis one at some point
1: let's do it all right and how do you think chris pratt's gonna do a super mario that's like that can't miss right oscars
0: no grab stab and nab michael <laughs> Who you got? I, I have nothing to add to the uh, Chris Pratt as Mario conversation <laughs> that hasn't been said already by everyone else. Um, so grab, like Oscar grab, the negative connotation being what it is. I mean, Steven Spielberg biopic. Huh. I think that's enough said. All right.
1: Do you want me to debate you here? Because look at, like you you do it later. You do a deep dive on uh, on Tom Hanks, which I appreciate. Yeah. I did a deep dive on Spielberg. Okay. Uh, excuse me, I have to go stab for Spielberg and okay. the Fablemans because Spielberg just
0: gets nominated, Mike. Eighteen But it's, other... it's, it's such an obvious Oscars play. Like, Don't you You're expect right. it to
1: be? Yeah, but 18 okay. of the last 21 directed feature films from Steven Spielberg have been nominated for Oscars, including wow. 86 nominations, 19 wins wow. since 1991's Hook, which if anybody ever says that's an underrated movie ever again, they're delusional. It was nominated for five Oscars. It was not underrated. But even... Even two of those three films that Spielberg did not have get nominated for Oscars, they were nominated at BAFTA, and the other one still got nominated by multiple guilds. The Terminal had two sets of guild nominations, if you could believe it. So the Fablemans
0: has to be a stab at a bunch of nominations no matter what. You are right, objectively. (laughs) And this movie will probably end up with way more nominations than anything. But if mm-hmm. a Steven Spielberg biopic with all that talent attached doesn't get nominated a lot, and I'm the only person in this space that says it was going to fall on its face,
1: <laughs> so you're playing for the uh, you're I'm short. The you're, you're, you're,
0: you're, this is the big short. <laughs> yeah, this is the big short of Mike one's <laughs> Oscar <laughs> prediction career. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, you know how I am with expectations and with the juggernaut favorites and all this, and how jaded I get against them quickly. Of course, I, I, I completely agree. It's probably silly of me to say it's an Oscar grab. I agree. Well, all right. You got a stab here that I agree with, though, as well. I worry that the movie she said may be too on the nose and the wounds may be too fresh and too hurtful for voters to get behind. I do have that legitimate concern, especially if you're going to use the name Harvey Weinstein and actual names of the reporters and the actual names of victims. Like there's somebody playing Rose McGowan in the movie at the cast list on IMDb. Yeah. But if it's handled in the way it could be handled, if it's handled in the way like Bombshell was praised for being handled, you'd have to think the four women helming that project behind the camera in Schrader, Cantor, Linkovich, and Tuhi, as well as the names in front of it, Kazan, Samantha Morton, Patricia Clarkson, and most of all, of course, Carrie Mulligan. You gotta think those are gonna be names that are gonna be heard and talked about all awards season long in their respective categories.
1: Yeah, if if they get it right, it's gonna it's gonna be nominated for for multiple Oscars. Yeah. So
0: yeah, I can agree with that in this
1: terms of stab. And I will say that I considered like their other big release, Tar, as a stab as well. But I just it's too much too long of an absence from Todd Field. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I'm going to put him in my nab category. I like it. Uh, again, Fablemans was my stab. My grab is actually Armageddon time, though huh. I'm actually rooting for James Gray there because I, I think like these have a lot of potential, kind of like the Netflix slate that we'll get to in next episode. This episode, a universal slate is loaded, and you could probably make an argument for grab or stab of any of them because they're they they they're seemingly
0: very Oscary. It is I mean, interesting how Universal has kind of become the big studio, the traditional studio that's positioned itself well for both exciting new projects and for uh, being such a giant Oscars player year after year lately. Focus um, helps that too. Yep, they they got the huge, does. you know, uh,
1: established studio and Universal Pictures, and then their awards wing, their their independent film wing, in terms of Focus Features, they know exactly what they're doing as well. So. Look, it, I think uh, I think they got quite the slate here. Uh, d- did you do your
0: nab? No, my nab is is twofold. I was going to throw you a bone <clears throat> because I wanted to give you credit for the How restraint you had written down. Dare
1: you patronize <laughs> me? The,
0: the Downton Abbey sequel. So I wanted How to say great. this could na- nab a production design and costume design uh, nomination. That would be a nice, pleasant surprise for you and also mom Bear. Mm. But that prediction, much like that movie, inevitably will be isn't exactly fun. So, what? <laughs> what? Carson's going to
1: France? You you ass. This is the worst take you've ever had. Not fun. We both had fun reviewing the tra-
0: Oh, did I just every, speak and you just you didn't every speak. Every day at all I wake in up in the trailer. Every day I wake up is pain. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember. Yeah, I kind of railroaded really you in that segment. It was just me talking
1: for a long time.
0: Um, as far, and more seriously, as far as a nab and something that might surprise, look, this this isn't going to happen. But mm-hmm. Universal has successfully run Oscar campaigns for horror movies previously. And mm-hmm. Sure, it was on the back of a genre-breaking, once-in-a-generation writer-director who was already extremely well-known in Jordan Peele with Get Out. Right. But it's not like Ethan Hawke isn't well known and isn't a veteran presence and doesn't already have momentum for his turn in the black phone, which hmm. has gotten a lot of positive word of mouth as being like the scariest movie of all time, which is kind of the exact blueprint Hereditary was following once upon a time before it was nominated for an Oscar in itself. So, yeah, Tony Collette fell short. Mm-hmm. Jordan Kaluuya was nominated for Get Out, but he did fall short of Daniel, winning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Daniel Kaluuya, I'm sorry, of course. Um, but. I hope, I don't think it's going to happen, but I would like to see horror representation as always. Ethan Hawke, veteran, why not? Throw it out there as my nab. And neither of us mentioned
1: nope, even though both of us want to say that's a stab. I would love that to just be a six nominated thing. Let's go. Uh, We'll have to review it. We'll have to preview it. And I, I hope it's there. I'm just unnerved by the reception or the lack of, kind of oscar buzz for Nope right now. Anyway, that's where I'm at. 3,000 years of longing as we head into the kind of United Artists Wing distribution deal with uh, Universal here. All right. So, this is the George Miller of Mad Max Fury Road project, long gestating project featuring immortals Tilda Swinton and Idris Idris Elba. No, are they just college professors? I don't get it. I just
0: thought it was they were immortals, but a scholar outside of the plot of this movie just in general Tilda Swinton probably is yes, an immortal. I don't know if that's what you were going for there, but
1: I hope they are immortals with that title, but I worry <laughs> about George Midl- ha- Miller handling this. Mm-hmm. He's usually just doing, you know, Buggies with horns <laughs> and spikes, driving at full speed through the desert. Yeah, with hardcore guitar riffs. Yeah, well, that's his that's his lane, and I right. love that. I mean, look, I'm kidding. He, I know he's done his dramas, and, he, and he's a very good director. But I'm worried, uh, coming off, you know, Mad Max, that this is going to be the one for him, and it's just going to be too long. Anyway, a scholar content with life encounters a djinn who offers her three wishes in exchange for his freedom. Their conversation in a hotel room in Istanbul leads to consequences neither would have expected, Michael.
0: So I know by that synopsis it sounds like Idris Elba is the one who's playing the 10,000-year-old djinn, but if you wanted to tell me Tilda Swinton was playing a 10,000-year-old djinn, that could just be a documentary. Hasn't she played one before? Isn't she one? She yeah, not just one? in general. I think that's why she
1: keeps getting that role. She's just the wisest. <laughs> Only lovers left alive. Both Jarmouche movies, she was like immortal vampire samurai warrior. MCU. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Bo- bones and all, Michael. Luca Guadagnino, uh, t- starring Taylor Russell, Timothy Chalamet, Mark Rylance. This is just released a sk- uh, still about negative space. In terms of uh, you know just having the sky and Timothy Chalamet looking at his feet, I don't know what it's about, but Bones and All is uh, is going to be coming out via UA, and then we have Thirteen Lives from Ron Howard of A Beautiful Mind, writer William Nicholson of Gladiator, Brian Glazer, and of course they're doing a live action remake of The Rescue. This already has twelve to one odds, ironically. Thirteen Lives. Starring Viggo Mort- Mortensen, Joel Edgerton, and Colin Farrell. I'm a little upset that Tom Hanks is not starring in this because I thought that was going to be right up his alley. Mm-hmm. A rescue mission in assemb- assembled in Thailand. They're spelunking, they're scubaing, and that was a great documentary, a, a harrowing real story that, of course, is going to be made into a live-action film.
0: Naturally, and it, it does play well as a live-action. It's it's quite dramatic, the actual story of it. Yeah, this bones and all, still. I mean. It's actually listed as a drama, a horror, and a romance, which I guess with Guadagnino and Chalamet makes a lot of sense. But I've never seen a more Oscar-grabby still in my life. A movie
1: that I can't get out of my head is a bigger splash, which was mm. which had elements out of all of, of, of everything you just said from yeah. Luca mm-hmm. and. I would like to review that at some point with you and do a deep dive on that. I can't forget that movie. So I, I believe that he could, yes, he could thread the needle with the with the genres. Mr. Guadagnino, he's that good. Are you on IMDb right now? Yeah, of course I am. I am every episode, aren't Michael you? Michael Stuhlbarg's picture <laughs> is the most un-Michael
0: Stuhlbarg-looking picture I've ever seen. <laughs> is he bearded? No, he he doesn't look, he looks more like... I don't know what he looks like. He doesn't look like Michael Stuhlbarg.
1: Looking up Michael
0: Stuhlbarg. (laughs) This is the whole
1: thing with actors. They just, they can't stop acting. Like, I don't, (laughs) I I don't believe, I don't know what to believe, but you're right. He looks like he's auditioning for the, the adult
0: remake of Twilight. (laughs) What is he doing? I don't know. That doesn't look anything like him. If somebody came up to me with that picture, like, this is Michael Stuhlberg, I'm calling them a liar.
1: The man is like Daniel Day-Lewis going to the Oscars every year as Michael Stipe. (laughs) And then, of course, we're all like, what an actor. (laughs) Even though he spent six
0: months as Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) All right. <laughs> this, this episode's going exactly as we thought it would. <laughs> Let's move on to Sony, Sony Pictures Classics, and TriStar Pictures. Uh, a Man Called Otto, Michael.
1: This is coming out December 25th, Christmas Day, there from Mark Forster. It's starring Tom Hanks. And it's a man called Uve's adaptation, uh, the English language adaptation. Now, I read this book. Couple years back, it was remade into a hit international film about a grumpy old man who becomes friends with his new neighbors, and it's kind of the sweet feel-good story that makes for a New York Times bestseller. And of course, Tom Hanks is is adapting it, Michael.
0: not St. Vincent. Didn't Bill Murray do this with Melissa McCarthy a couple of years ago already? Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine kind of. this is Tom Hanks playing the exact same character he plays in the Elvis movie. It's just after Elvis <laughs> kicks him to the curb, strictly and only because of how ridiculous he looks. That would be quite the companion piece <laughs> logic. Yeah. Uh,
1: that uh, i don't disagree with actually mm. you're you, it's strange how warm you are to what this story <laughs> is michael uh continuing with sony we have of course spider-man across the spider-verse part one i can't believe the punctuation of that title but it's yeah. incredible sony's Sony Pictures Animation sequel to the Oscar-winning film, of course, Into the Spider-Verse. Going to be a two-parter. So what does that mean in terms of its Oscars potential? Are they going to award two parts? We just had this Dune argument
0: in the same vein. Took the words right out of my mouth. If Dune can win six Oscars, seven Oscars, whatever it went on the night, even though they were all technical categories, I can't be convinced that this isn't the leader in the animated feature category right now. It's also going to be quite the lesson i guess uh at least a piece of of uh, what might be a bigger overall lesson for how disney is treating their pixar titles Hmm. because we saw luca streaming on disney plus yeah it was nominated for an academy award but it was not given the same cachet that a pixar title is historically given in the animated feature category they just did the same thing with turning red it seems more oscar-ish but it was a straight to disney plus uh in early march you know and is that going to hurt its Oscars chances rather than if they were to handle it like a traditional Pixar release? I wonder. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I think uh, I think animated features is going to be loaded this year. We're going to have a lot to say about it through these next two episodes. Let's continue on with Sony. I want to dance with somebody... The Whitney Houston biopic is headed to theaters this Christmas, starring Naomi Ackie of Star Wars Episode Nine. Small Axe, she was terrific in that. Clark Peters of The Defy Blood, Stanley Tucci. The And and look, I mean, 66 to 1 right now, directed by Casey Lemons of Harriet and Eve's Bayou. This is quite the showcase for them, Michael. And I think uh, it's it's got to be
0: lined up for box office at the very least. The 66 to 1 is a bit of a red flag to me because this sounds like it should be tailor-made to chase oscars i mean the music is good the music should be amazing the performance there's plenty of real life drama to draw from whitney and bobby brown's relationship obviously i mean this 66 to 1 for a whitney houston biopic to me suggests we're going to get less straight out of compton and more lifetime movie adaptation it could be in a, a in the Judy
1: wheelhouse here. It could be in the Bo rap wheelhouse. I mean, these movies are it hard to be. resist, definitely yeah. from a box office perspective, and you almost have to veto them from an Oscars perspective these days. So, yeah. And that should be 20 to 1, 25 to 1, 30 to 1 at most. Hmm, I'm sensing a sprinkle yeah. in, in your future. Michael, we have a Florian Zeller film at 14 to 1, though, and it's part of a trio, the mother which has not been adapted yet, The Father, which was adapted last year, and
0: now The Son. The uh, writer and director, Florian Zeller, he did win the Oscar for The Father uh, last year. A couple. I have Screenplay. no idea. Yeah. It feels like a billion years. Once, I, once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out no sooner than eight years ago, according to me. That's true. That's how long it feels. Mathematically, like. I yeah. believe it's true. Thank you. Uh, Co-written by Christopher Hampton, also an Oscar winner for The Father. This is uh, obviously starring Anthony Hopkins. He won the Oscar for his portrayal in The Father in an upset over Chadwick Boseman. Uh, Vanessa Kirby's going to be in this. Hugh Jackman's going to be in this. Laura Dern's going to be in this. Peter, as his busy life with new partner Emma and their baby, is thrown in disarray when his ex-wife Kate turns up with their teenage son Nicholas huge oscars buzz for yeah. this
1: right now everybody's picking it the mm-hmm. sun is like i said a part of a trio that was a huge critical and awards hit on the theatrical scene on the west end london scene i believe and uh lo- i mean look
0: at the cast that we have hopkins yeah. kirby jackman dern yeah i mean you can easy easy to see why people are excited about this one also reason to be excited about the woman king michael
1: we have uh, director Gina Prince-Bythewood of Love and Basketball which is a movie that when we when we did our basketball awards show we loved that on rewatch listen
0: to me right now listener if you're not in college yet when you <laughs> get to college every girl you talk to will want to watch Love and Basketball
1: how big do you think our young man
0: I, it's probably not that big audiences. but i'm hoping i'm hoping i'm helping out at least one person right now just go get the dvd i know it's an ancient relic I know DVDs aren't a thing anymore, but get a DVD player and get the Love and Basketball DVD. Just I muttered,
1: trust me. I muttered just ridiculously about dabbing, <laughs> you know, at the beginning <laughs> of the show for like five minutes. I'm just doing
0: a service. Just,
1: well, I know what works. All right. Well, you're doing, we're, I'm doing a disservice to the Woman King from TriStar yes. Sony there. Uh, Gina Prince, Bythewood, Old Guard was a huge Netflix hit. Now, that was a great actioner. And we have Viola Davis, Lashana Lynch, John Boyega, three action stars of the last 10 years all in this movie, Tuso Mbedu of the Underground Railroad, The Woman King is 33 to 1, and it has some major cachet in terms of of being, quote, a historical epic inspired by the true events that happened in the kingdom of... Kingdom of Dahomey, one of the most powerful states of Africa in the 18th, 19th centuries. Michael, that's still with Viola Davis in it. My God. Yeah, I am. I am
0: quite excited to see that. That's still alone. I, I think I have later on in the notes. I mean, this has to compete for hair and makeup and costume design just based on that still. I, she's unrecognizable to me. She, she looks incredible, but she
1: looks. Yeah. She's freaking jacked. Oh, she's fighting. she's a monster. Yeah, she's an
0: absolute. I mean, she's an ass kicker there,
1: no wow. doubt. All right, we got a deeper slate from Sony, and I love uh, some of these. Living from Sony Pictures Classics, one of my favorites from Sundance, director Oliver Hermanus of Mafia, Bill Nye. Uh, I just uh, I thought the world of that movie. Cinematography sleeper for Best Actor at least should be all over the Gotham's and indie spirits. We have Hallelujah, Leonard Cohen, A Journey, A Song, A Documentary. That these you know these documentary branch people, you never know which music documentary is gonna just take off for them but True one that. does every year Lyle Lyle Crocodile that's coming from Sony Animation they've had success especially in terms of nominations with the Mitchells versus the Machines last year and of course with the big winner Spider-Verse uh, a few years ago Sean Mendes Javier Bardem Constance Wu are voices in that and Bullet Train Michael July 29th Brad Pitt Deadpool 2's director, a huge, awesome cast, and a really fun trailer that uh, I think you know we'll have to cover Bullet Train
0: in one way or another. Yeah, that looks like it's going to be a fun movie for sure. Um, as far as Oscar grabs go with this quite loaded Sony slate, mm-hmm. so this is the Tom Hanks deep dive that you kind of alluded to. Does anyone want to guess the last year in which Tom Hanks worked in film but didn't have a Q4 movie come out? They should just call him Father Christmas. That's well, what he is like now. It was Finch, Finch <laughs> last year, News of the World the year before, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood the year before. Considering he took 2018 and 2014 off for movies entirely, mm. you have to go all the way back to 2009 for the last year in which Hanks films were released that didn't have a Q4 release for a Hanks movie amongst them. My God. So That's we're talking incredible. like, what, 10 years? 11 years now? Of Hanks' films released specifically to chase awards, do you know how many Oscar noms Tom Hanks has nabbed in that span? A lot. The one for Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and that's it. Wow.
1: So, so okay. So, holy shit, I jumped to conclusions. You had me going. You had me greased up. Yeah, just going down the hill. I was, I was in the palm of your hand, and no Oscars lately. So that wait, what, what, what did you you say that
0: last night was? Ten years he's i have to, i have to count so from 2022 will be i don't know 22 21 20 19 17 16 15 he had uh 2 come out in 13 1 in 12 extremely loud and incredibly exploitative in 11 toy story 3 and 10 so that's 11 years worth two of mm-hmm. those years he took off so of the 11 of those 13 years he had a q4 movie released and he's gotten one acting nomination out of them
1: so Therefore, you're saying Oscar grab now for Tom Hanks. It's a
0: little Oscar grabby, right? I mean, the Christmas Day release, he's going to play the disgruntled neighbor who becomes beloved. It's all about him. It's a remake of a different movie. This is set up to be an Oscars player, you would think. All
1: right. I'll agree with you on uh, A Man Called Otto. But you never know. I mean, it's a really good story. So maybe that'll be one that we're underestimating right now. Sure. uh, Yeah, Tom Hanks. I mean, we've been kind of wanting a comeback, an Oscars comeback from. Him I would love well. it. Yeah,
0: I, I want an Oscars comeback from him. I'm just saying the stats are what they are. They've been. It's not like this is new territory for him. Yeah. All right. Who's your stab? The Woman King, and it's probably, like I said, already a lock for a couple categories, and that still is unbelievable. But you know, why stop there? Let Viola Davis be a giant player. Let this be a five or six time nominated movie, and Viola get one of the lead actress noms. I would. I would love it. I'm going to say, I'm going to agree with you on the grab. I'm also going to
1: add, I want to dance with somebody as a grab because. Could see that. Look, Casey Lemons and Harriet had us like just swooning over every still that year. We thought it was going to be like a 10 nominee film and it kind of disappointed. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything necessarily. Still got a couple Oscar noms on the day. So, regardless, I want to dance with somebody. Might just hit all the boxes and check all the boxes. But. I'm going to put that in the grab territory right now. The sun is my stab because
0: Florian Zeller and Oscar Pundits just, uh, I can't. make sense. Yeah, I can't ignore them. Makes a lot of sense. As far as like what might surprise and nab a few awards, I think this is a weird year for Sony. Hmm. Because they are three most likely Oscar players. Two of them are sequels to surprise Oscar winners already in Spider-Verse 2 which Spider-Verse 1 obviously upset The Incredibles too. The Sun, which upset a couple movies in a couple categories when it came out. Mm-hmm. You could argue that the Whitney Houston biopic should be positioned for Oscars conversations. I, I don't know what could be here to kind of surprise. I mean... Well, I think you brought up The Woman King, and I, I kind
1: of relegated it to my stab, yeah. to my nab, excuse me, because I had it coming out and... Early September, which wasn't an Oscarie, and I had sure. her as an action movie star right now. In terms of the uh, of directors, Gina Prince-Blythewood coming off of Old Guard, so those actioners don't typically guarantee Oscars success. But you seem to have you know pegged it as a reliable you know makeup and hairstyling and costumes, which makes good sense to me as well. So yeah, I, I
0: could go either way on that argument. I, I love that you did that. I'll sign off on it. I also just wanted to put on people's radar. I mean, of that Whitney Houston biopic, yes, obviously, it could be a play, player for Cassie Lemons. It could be a player for Naomi Akers. Don't sleep on Ashton Sanders playing Bobby Brown either. I mean, could be a total yeah, wow. asshole move, a big supporting player for him. You know, could I could see that turning into awards something.
1: Polarizing figure. And, yeah, Naomi Ackie yeah. of uh, Small Axe. She was awesome in Small asks, uh from uh, Steve McQueen there, by the way. She, yeah. uh, she should have won more for that. Anyway, Paramount, Michael, we have one huge movie yeah. coming from Paramount Pictures. And
0: Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Here we
1: go. <laughs> oh, <all right>. Babylon. <laughs> Babylon is 10 to 1. It is uh, heading to theaters. On... Mike, we're going to be going to the movie theaters on Christmas this year. Sorry, December family. 25th, Babylon yeah. is written and directed by Damien Chazelle of Whip- Whip- Whiplash, La La Land, and First Man. Here is the cast of Babylon. Brad Pitt. Margot Robbie, Toby Maguire, mm-hmm. Olivia Wilde, yep. Samara Weaving, right. Catherine Waterston, Gene sure. Smart, right. Eric Roberts, Spike Jones, Lucas yep. Haas, Flea, yep. Jeff yeah. Garland, Chloe Fineman, all the white people, all the white people Every we like. Every
0: white person in Hollywood is either in this movie or in Oppenheimer that Nolan's doing. I think Caucasian. it's by law they have to sign on to one of those two films to keep their SAG card.
1: I think so. We have basically the La La Land of... Uh, You know, crew people, music by Justin Hurwitz for Babylon, cinematography by Linus Sangren. Oh, Justin Hurwitz is going to work with Chazelle, huh? That's new.
0: Editing by Tom Cross. Could have made that joke about Kushner and Spielberg, but no, I decided to be an
1: asshole. (laughs) Babylon, rumored to be set in period Hollywood. Otherwise, the plot is unknown, Michael.
0: Yeah, plot is unknown. It's kind of underselling it. I mean, all right, look, I, yes, Paramount has other things on their radar. They have Sonic the Hedgehog 2. they released Scream and Jackass Forever already. Top Gun Maverick seems like it's finally actually going to come out this Memorial Day. The the grab, the stab, the nab, the dab, the glab, the jab, all the pizzazz, anything having to do with Paramount's awards chances is Babylon. This is, this is what the Paramount slate is about as far as awards go this year. Nobody knows anything about this movie. For a movie that started gaining traction... In early 2019, Mm -hmm. I mean, they had Chazelle talking about it. They had Brad Pitt signing on to it. Emma Stone originally signed on to it before scheduling conflicts made her drop out. She was replaced with Margot Robbie. This movie has been in the zeitgeist and talked about with awards conversations for over two years now. Mm -hmm. And we know absolutely nothing about it. For a movie especially that was supposed to be released last Christmas, Christmas of 2021... I'm kind of amazed that everyone's been so tight-lipped about what's going on. If you go on Wikipedia, I mean, there's nothing about it in research. The only thing I could find was on Wikipedia. And if you go on there, you have Brad Pitt in an interview with IndieWire back in, I think, 2019 or 2020, talking about how this is a movie about the period of Hollywood from when talkies were dying and they were transitioning from when, I'm sorry, silent movies were dying and they were transitioning into talkies. That's it. That's what's known about the plot of Babylon right now with all these big names attached. I couldn't be more
1: excited about it oh sure we're we're huge fans of damien chazelle and we're white and these are white people that we (laughs) cannot help but love because on the list of
0: reasons to be excited that's pretty far down though but
1: yeah (laughs) so white though it's like the whitest (laughs) look at damien chazelle and la la land was a big movie for us growing up growing into this whole thing kind of deciding to do a Oscars podcast after Moonlight beat La La Land, which was, I think, the text that I got from you like a month <laughs> later after you probably just paced around the house thinking about doing it mm-hmm. and then texted me. Look, Paramount, they got a new team involved over there, and I think they're kind of transitioning when they sold Trial to the Chicago 7, and they kind of punted on an Oscar season of late. They didn't have a lot last year or anything last year. I don't remember it's it's been a while since they went full hog at the oscars they yeah. 2016 they had fences silence and arrival they also had allied which was a huge roger robert zemeckis marion Cotillard, brad pitt 115 million dollar production budget that was going for that kind of demo and that time of year and all that and going yeah. for oscars so was that big swing and a mix, miss something that's kind of haunted them for a while and they just haven't gone for it? I mean, you, they, they have their nominations down down the last 10 years, but here we have the most Oscary perhaps, production of the year, and it's in Paramount's hands, and yeah, I don't know how they're going to play it. It looks like they're just putting all the eggs in this one basket, and they, they're going for it, so
0: all the rhymes, like you said. Yeah, I don't see any other, any way around it. I mean, I expect this to be a big player. And Chazelle, even when Chazelle quote unquote misses, like with First Man, I mean, we thought that was the best movie of the year in 2018, you know? We were big fans of
1: First Man, yeah. It was, and it was more of a like production value thing for us. I sure. think that was, that was our dune of that year. Yeah, And, you know, I've gone back to it and maybe the story's not as scintillating as, you know others that he's told in the past but in terms of the production values you got to think this is going to hit at least i would that, think, you know, yeah undercard
0: yeah right? that, that's that's going to be a big player certainly going to be very interesting i mean paramount don't forget yeah they sold trial of Chicago. they've been selling off properties to different streamers they just tried to like wade through the pandemic too and just keep the revenue coming in you yeah. know they have paramount plus out there what's that going to do for how their theatrical releases are fair? a lot to watch with paramount going forward
1: yeah, they're definitely transitioning, but they're 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 a production company and a former and a studio that I uh, what I don't know how to. Ann Thompson rattled me when she talked about how you have to talk about these companies because I don't know how to term them either. They're not studios anymore because that was old Hollywood. I don't know what, how you term them, but wiser people than us will get it right. Corporate. Michael, in terms of boutique studios or just yeah. studios that we love that acquire films, usually we have mm-hmm. Neon. And we're huge fans of Neon. They haven't really kind of gone all in, put their chips in the middle of the table yet for next year. They, they really go hog on the acquisitions market. But they have films from father and son Cronenberg. We have Crimes of the Future from David of a, of a history of violence. He's got his buddy Viggo Mortensen starring in it. Of, of course, Leia Seydoux is going to be in it. This is, quote, a deep dive into the not-so-distant future in which humankind is learning to adapt to its synthetic surroundings. Old hat for Mr. Cronenberg there. (laughs) He's always done this with biological makeup and body horror. All right, uh, we have Infinity Pool. This is directed by the son Brandon Cronenberg of Possessor. This has uh, Alexander Skarsgård and Mia Goth. A rich couple are on vacation in La at an all-inclusive island resort but outside... The hotel gates hide something more dangerous.
0: Aliens! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which Aliens film out of these <laughs> is going to be your stab today, Michael? Is it one? Of, is it Infinity Pool
0: or is it Nope? I liked Possessor, by the way, as far as Brandon Cronenberg goes. I know that was kind of polarizing. but uh, it, I hated I Possessor. <laughs> I know, you weren't a fan. You weren't a
1: fan. Hate, hate is a strong word, and I hate it hated that effing movie i was quiet about it i may have said it once <laughs> no I, I may have said it to you i don't know if i've said this on the podcast i don't know if you so said it on the people podcast either. It. but yeah but yeah, i was a fan a, of it i was belligerently against that movie even though i'm a fan of the cronenberg films in general so, so you hopeful. can look
0: forward to our forthcoming cronenberg series where we do a deep dive into every cronenberg movie yeah this would be the year to do
1: it um uh, well we Father have to do son. we have to
0: take up meth and then <laughs> get off meth to truly understand those movies are wackadoos, man. I respect the Cronenberg, but man to those trips. He's he's got a movie that Tatan's
1: uh writer director Julia Ducournau would blush at. Yeah. Yeah. Love her. All right, Lionsgate. That's Neon. Let's talk Lionsgate here.
0: And we got some some hits from the film festival circuit. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, smart marketing by them to just call this massive talent in their commercials and their vignettes. (laughs) But this is Nicolas Cage, Pedro Pascal. This is coming out soon on the 22nd of April. It was a huge hit at South by Southwest, obviously. They also have a Sundance hit on their hands. Good luck to you, Leo Grand, directed by Sophie Hine. Emma Thompson is in that one. We also have White Bird, A Wonder Story, directed by Mark Foster of Monsters Ball. This comes out in October, October 14th. A young Jewish girl hidden away by a boy and his family In Nazi-occupied France during World War II. Nicolas Cage, Emma Thompson. uh, Do we get
1: acting campaigns for them? Can they break through? We'll see. I also want to shout out IFC, which has a tremendous acting showcase from Rebecca Hall in Resurrection. That was a psychological thriller. That was weird. That was sexy, badass weirdness. It was. It was weird. Uh, Tim Tim Roth. That's coming August fifth which makes sense in terms of release dates that'll be the time to watch resurrection and uh get all effed up about it mike for you especially
0: she owns that like pre-fall yeah push you in the mood for halloween type era yeah
1: i love a rebecca hall august Mm -hmm, i agree same uh bleaker street has 892 which is a showcase for john boyega in terms of uh you know lead actor potential and at least indie spirits gothams kind of thing it has to be nicole bahari michael k williams also star in 892 this is a hostage drama late august for that one and look i mean these are two of our favorite studios michael ifc sure. also has the innocence from worst person in the world writer thelma director esco that's That'll got a May. wild premise yeah uh, I'm interested in that. Official competition seems like it's been coming out forever. Penelope Cruz, Antonio Banderas, satirical comedy. We've reviewed the trailer. That's late June. Watcher was much maligned make a Monroe film from Sundance. I disagree with critics on that one. Go check it out. That's all IFC again. From Bleecker, we have some potential crowd pleasers, at least for Fifi, me, and my mommy, Frida Pinto, and Sope Derisu of his house mr malcolm's list doesn't that sound like a fee-fee period drama mr malcolm's list but this has an edgy premise at the same time i'm not sure a young woman in 1800s england enlists the help of her friend to get revenge on a suitor who rejected her for failing a requirement on his list is this a horror movie or is this like you know a jane austen movie yeah
0: i was gonna say it could be a revenge or it could be a romantic comedy too yeah
1: could not be more intrigued bleaker street usually gets my goat they got the next mike lee film of secrets and lies happy-go-lucky another year of all the movies that you kind of discover that you never watched that you cross over cross off on your list mike lee's secrets and lies was that for me of the pandemic michael the best movie that i'd never seen that i finally saw oh wow and yeah secret check that one out that's wild
0: i will have to do that and i I can't believe we are this far in this episode, and I can say to you, dear listener, well, that's half the slate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That is the first episode of what will hopefully only be two parts of the pictures coming out in 2022. As we go studio by studio, we will have the second half uh, with more stabs, grabs, and nabs. Coming out uh, as our next episode, we're going to talk about Netflix. We're going to talk about Apple. We're going to talk about major streaming wars going on there. So a lot of stuff still to come before we do eventually get to our 100% way too early Oscars picks. I guess I kind of stole Mike's thunder about telling you what's coming next. Uh, But uh, I'll just keep the train rolling here because what matters, as always, most importantly to us... Are your thoughts, dear listener, about anything we talked about in this episode or anything we talk about in the MMO Empire? We obviously want to hear from you. What are you most excited about this year? What are you most excited about that we did get to it or that we may not have gotten to in this episode that is forthcoming in the next one, hopefully. You can leave us those on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MM and Oscar on Twitter. Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available wherever you do hear podcasts. You've been listening to us on either the Apple Podcast or the Spotify app. If you appreciate what we do, if you would be so kind, as to leave us a five-star review those truly go a long way in helping us out uh we've seen those growing in the last couple weeks here thank you so much for helping us out with those michael Mm -hmm. if you have anything to add to what's coming next uh maybe you and i can get together we can start slapping each other in the mouth at some point in the near future because you know that's what you do when you're in hollywood now i guess and it's okay uh Tell people that or, you know, give us some words of wisdom to end on here. The number of slap jokes has been. been We didn't have one all episode. We didn't have one all episode.
1: It's been manageable right now. And we're trying. We're we're restraining ourselves. And we're just using it on our own. No, 90%
0: of our text messages are. Yeah, that'll be the
1: words of wisdom today. Just keep the slap jokes Mm -hmm. amongst yourselves until it's funny again maybe that'll work. Uh what's coming next? You, you didn't mention we like we're going to do Disney in the next episode too, oh, yeah, which is God. a huge monolith of Jeez. Oscar's or tree.
0: I try so hard not to think about them in my free time. I think that's why.
1: <laughs> and we got A24. A24 Amazon's yeah. got some cool stuff, so we we have a lot of studios still to cover. Studio people, if we missed anything, let us know. We want to be all, you know, we want to be thorough in this sure. whole exercise, so do reach out to us. Mike, Mike and Oscar at gmail.com is the easiest way to do that. Or any of you guys, if you want to talk to us, like you said, Mike, contact us, let us know what you're thinking and shout outs uh, in terms of words of wisdom. One more time, Eric Weber at awards, ace, uh, Daniel Howitt, his work at next best picture. And of course, Clayton Davis's award circuit at variety friends of the show, all former guests on Mike, Mike and Oscar that, uh, you know, I took in terms of like the first swath of this, I took their research. Yeah, as they a did starting this. Point. They
0: did the same thing, and they like right. put forth like fun projections and fun talking points, and we went crazy because that's usually how these things go.
1: Usually, where it goes, so yeah. we just went nuts in the last four days. That's why you're getting this first episode of this week a little later, but uh, we, yeah, we got another one as well uh, coming up in terms of the second half. So that's just. The first two parts of the year in preview, Mike. I don't know what we're gonna do next. I all I know is, like you said, we're gonna do a predictions episode because we're always one hundred percent accurate on that. That's right. That's I mean, it.
0: we we do nothing but fatten everyone's wallet, and we do it as soon as we possibly can.
1: <laughs> Easter Eggers. I, I one more shout out to Easter Eggers. We're we're gonna start at some point as well. Like what? Like I really can't wait to do this. I really want to rewatch The Witch, which is on Showtime. I really want to rewatch uh, The Lighthouse, which is on Amazon Prime, and I cannot wait for The Northman to review that with you uh we're gonna we're gonna ask a guest at some point we'll see if who who jumps on who does it
0: but- how much of that series is just gonna be me like fantasy booking a black goat versus giant squid creature match you're completely completely
1: ruining our chances of booking any guests <laughs> right now just complete just based on our pre-show conversation and who we want to ask you just completely ruined it by turning it into kaiju battles and <laughs> stupid nonsense
0: thank you <laughs> guys when reality sucks you can come get ready for the next oscar sprint with us we are mike mike and oscar trying to make a war season year-round without the stuffiness we will see you all very soon see ya Oh,